Hey everybody, you're listening to a brand new episode of Saul's Life with me, your host, Saul. And I can't wait to get this week's uh, episode started for you. I've got nothing but the most prestigious and prominent guests that Orlando uh, can offer. So stick around. And uh, when we come back, we'll get started with uh, this week's brand new episode. Uh, I'll have Ross and Chris uh, joining me on this one. So stay tuned. Thanks. And I'd like to welcome everybody back to this uh, new episode of Saul's Life. I'm joined by... My main man Ross, and shortly we'll be uh, joined by Chris. Uh, Ross, what's up? Chilling, my brother. Chilling. How you doing, man? No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, and um, I'd like to one welcome uh, Chris into this one because he just got here right in time. What's up, Chris? What's going on, fellas? Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. The sound is perfect. Um, Ross, Chris, Chris, Ross. <laughs> nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet my you, my brother. Um. I'll um I'll ask Ross this because uh I um I've been texting him kind of throughout the week and stuff. But how's your week been? Well, both of you, I'll ask this, but I'll ask Ross first. How's your week been, man? Uh, anything uh anything new going on? No, nah, I mean you know. Let me see. Um, I turned thirty seven last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Happy belated <laughs> birthday. That's right. Yeah. So happy birthday. birthday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, I started realizing that I need to write things down more often <laughs> or else I just won't do them. You mm-hmm. know? And then, and then I, uh, what else happened last week? I listened to the episode that, that with you two. Awesome. I like, I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I listened to the episode, man. I listened to the episode and, and you know, I gotta, I gotta be honest, man. I, I, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I will, okay. and I, will, okay. and I will tell you why. I will tell right. you why. Um, <laughs> okay. I I saw the picture of the man, and I was like, "Hold on, so that's a black dude. He a little hefty, kind of like me. He wears glasses, kind of like me. He got a beard, kind of like I'm being replaced right now. <laughs> oh, and then, y'all, and then y'all had chemistry. Like it was actually a great episode. <laughs> oh, I see what's going on. Oh, look, man. What's you going can, on. You and then you had be to be all nice. And then you had to be all nice. You know, say, yeah, yeah, I would love to talk to Ross. I was like, damn, man. Now I can't hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mean, I mean, I found out the other day that Saul is used to doing those uh, double and triple vodkas. I didn't know he rolled like that. <laughs> oh, man. Why, why you got to put my business out? No, Yo, kidding. your man is taking him to the head like it's, like it's nobody's business. I don't know, because the way you guys were talking, you were like, man, I didn't know he could roll he's, like that. He's hardcore to the bone, son. Hardcore. I, uh, I, I, as, a, as a former bartender, um, you know, like I said, you develop a tolerance, man. So now mm-hmm. I, I, I literally drink. Uh, I, so I, I ran through Makers already. That bottle's been gone. But it lasted me a while, you know, just because, I, I, like I said, I wasn't drinking as much as I you know, as I guess as I used to or whatever, just um, um, kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, social wise, I guess, or uh, right, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a social uh, man, drinker I, at this point. I, yeah, I guess I I can't think of the word. I'm uh, I'm I'm for. I got to start writing stuff down too, Ross. Apparently, I'm, oh my brother. Um, but yeah, so I, I went through that as soon as I popped that open again and started drinking drinking that. That was gone. 
the vodka is all gone. I've got like maybe another, I might have a drink left in that. And that's going to be gone halfway through this episode. Um, <laughs> and then all, all I got left is, uh, is some tequila. Um, I love tequila, but I, you, you know, if once I get on that, it's, you know, strap yourselves in. Cause it's going to be one hell of a, uh, you do make episode. a mean margarita, sir. Oh, thank you. I do. I pride myself on my margaritas. I really do. I really do. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's an age thing, but I'm more into the bourbons and scotches, stuff like that nowadays. So, and with the whole keto thing, I avoid sugar and all that. So right now I'm just kind of sipping on some Jameson and sitting back. Uh, I love Jameson. Boy, I used to... Oof, see, so I would drink Jameson all night at the bar. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then um, and, and then it's like, all right, I kind of need something different. Uh, you know, Makers is always there. Um, Makers Forty Six is probably one of my one of my favorite. Um, I guess that, that I mean that would be a bourbon, but it, it is so smooth. Oh yeah, and, that's um, really good bourbon. And um, the Makers line. Yeah, the Makers line is great. But uh, yeah, I just I, I kind of had hit this little diet myself, I want to say a while back. And I was like, all right, let me drink some vodka and soda. And then oh, <laughs> that's yeah. when I really hit like rock bottom. And at that point, it's like I, I've been drinking vodka sodas now for I can't I don't know how long. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, good times with that. Uh, Chris, man, how's your week been, by the way, man? Uh, it's kind of been uh, it's kind of been up and down. I mean, I know that you've seen the announcement that all the bars and everything got shut down again. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's going on. And, you know, just been reading the news and everything like you gentlemen have been, you know, so it's a little, it's a little wild out there, but not too bad. How about you? Um, not same, man. I just, uh, I, I've been chilling. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking to myself that I, I, I want to go back out there and, and like job market wise and kind of keep looking and trying to find something. But, um, you know, honestly speaking, you know, the coronavirus cases that skyrocketing as high as they are this late in the in the year where, you know, we were hopefully thought that we'd kind of have it a little more under wraps. I think that's kind of uh, upsetting the um, kind of like the job, you know, jobs out there that and, and um, it, it, it's it's going to be tough, man. So I've been that's all I've been really thinking about kind of all week long. It kind of sucks. I uh, I saw that that all the bars had to close, you know, or they, they can't sell alcohol. So essentially, they kind of have to close. Um, and that sucks. Uh, I, you know, I, I tweeted something when I found that out, or when that news kind of came across and, and I just, and I've kind of been seeing it more what I tweeted. And what I said was, I, I wish that people had the same kind of energy about like, like they're so angry that the bars have to shut down. And I understand, you know, you can't go out and drink and, you know, whatever, you know, it is what it is, but, um, you know, we should be more angry at, at the state because they failed our, our small businesses. Like, you know, they, they, they failed them. And, and instead of giving them the help from, from these big corporate bailouts or whatever, and all this stuff that was supposed to come down to help, these small venues out and these live music venues and stuff like that, you know, all this shit happened. So now I just feel like it's a lot of misdirected and misplaced anger. And I almost wouldn't mind seeing like a protest in the streets to get money to our bar owners. 
Yeah, I mean, all week you know? I've been trying to hold my tongue about this situation because I really do think it's ridiculous. I think demonizing the bars and nightclubs and the concert venues while everything else is wide open and contributing all of these new cases strictly to bars while you're still opening Universal, you're opening Disney, you're doing mm-hmm. all of these mass things. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's just easy to point at the bars and try to demonize them, but it statistically doesn't make sense. The argument doesn't work, but I just see people going along with it all the time. I mean, if you were going to shut the bars down, then I think what honestly should happen is you go, okay, which is probably what should happen from the beginning. You say, okay, we're going to shut everything down for a month. Give what you need. And if it isn't like a real dire need, it's shut down for the month. Really kill all the cases and then start doing waves from there. But it's so politicized that right now they don't want anything shut down because of hashtag freedom. I mean, I don't know what you plan on doing about it. No, it's it's um, you make a good point, you know. We, we have this whole thing in, in our culture when we talk about corporate bailouts and we talk about corporate bailouts. And what, what we don't realize is that, or what many people don't realize is that bars are locally owned businesses. You'd be hard, yeah. you'd be hard pressed to find a chain of bars. Like, you know, if you go to like Vegas, like what is it, Coyote Ugly or, right. yeah. you know, Sears and stuff like that, if they still have those. But aside from that, if you go to a bar, it's owned by someone in your community. You know what I mean? And um, aside from the fact that people, you know, like to drink and have a good time, these bars don't really have like a pipeline to like an infusion of cash, like let's say a Friday's may have. You know what exactly. I mean? So, so yeah, um, it's just ironic. Like, yeah, let's shut down the bars, but liquor stores are still open. Oh, yeah. You know, and unfortunately, some of these bars can't survive shutdown for months, especially if they're having to pay their rent and their insurances and things like that. You know, it's more of a situation where you don't have a lot of access capital a lot of times to survive. And like you said, these bars are employing people in your community. They're people in your community to have it. You know, it's not a big chain where there's all this capital that can just kind of float around from state to state. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely bugged me how DeSantis went that direction. But, uh, I mean, I don't know at this point what the state can really do to make things better without going back on the whole open everything up and politicize, say that you shouldn't have to wear a mask say you shouldn't have to do this, shouldn't have to do that. I mean I um <clears throat> so you know I, I understand uh you know bars and these these venues uh have to pay rent, have to pay insurances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I know I know these fees and, and whatever don't stop coming. That that's understandable hundred percent. Right. Um I'll also I'll you know I'll be a hundred percent uh I mean obviously everyone knows this. I am not a bar owner. You know right. I've never owned a, a mm-hmm. business so, you know, where I'm coming from is strictly like I want to I kind of want to say objective mm-hmm. only because like I 
this is my claim to to want you know to being able to talk about the hospitality industry. I uh, I, I work. I, I I mean I I was in the hospitality industry for half of my life. I'll say a good 16, 17 years. Um, I started as a uh, as a host at Wolfgang Puck's when I was like eighteen down at downtown Disney. I remember or, what was it. What was, what was it called back then? Uh-huh. It Disney, was uh, West Side. Disney West Side. <laughs> Pleasure yeah. Island. Yeah, West Side. Yes. West side. It was the West Side of Pleasure side. Island. Yes, sir. The Disney. Go. So, yeah. So, um, so you know, I, and I worked my way through the restaurant, uh, you know, industry from the host to to being a food runner at at a Chili's, and uh, and like bar backing and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, you know, I served my way through college, came back, uh, you know, Bahama Breeze, you know, worked there. I've I worked at countless restaurants. I bartended uh, at City Walk, you know, at restaurants at City Walk, and, and, and I bartended downtown. And so I feel like I've seen, you know, I, I've seen like like the big businesses, you know what I mean? And I've seen the uh, mom and pop bar, you know, how, how that's yeah. right. Right. Um, and I, I, my whole thing is, like I said, you know, we're, we're misplacing, you know, our anger. And I think we're getting distracted by everything else. And instead of being like, like really yelling at it, like, why can't we freeze rent? Why can't we do these these rent freezes and these insurance freezes? Like you said, you know, like we should have done this from the beginning, but just whatever, man, just for six months, they can do this if they wanted to just put everything at a halt and then like that you know none none of our small business owners you know all have to worry too much about anything and 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 i feel it's just common sense to do that and you know it's and i get it you know the 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 bigger bars they they don't need help they don't need bailout the chains you know the the city walks the places that city whatever you know what i mean who cares you know this is directly talking about our small business owners you know in our community and um, I, I don't see why we're not more angry about that. Like, I mean, there's nothing we can do. And I, like my bartender, I couldn't do much, you know, when I, when I was kind of a manager or running things, you know what I mean? Or a key holder or whatever it was, you know, for whatever bar. It's just, it, it, you know, I, I know I can get mad at, at at the state. Like, we need to focus our energy on, on that. Just as how we have the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and this whole, you know, kind of... Um, like police reform, we need a. We, this should be a reform. This a whole reform on on our, you know, democratic process or whatever on our Congress people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so wh- why are we not seeing that kind of energy and that anger towards that? Why is everybody still fixated on? Oh, you can't blame the bars or don't blame this or whatever, well, whatever. Like, hey, well, but we're blame DeSantis. Well, yeah, we're on the same page here. The thing is, mm-hmm. this whole pandemic has shown us a lot of holes in our support systems when it comes to unemployment benefits, when it comes to other social programs, when it comes to how you would handle things if everything were to shut down. They really didn't have an answer to it. They thought they did, but they don't. And even with you talking about the rents, you know, what would need to happen is not so much a rent freeze, even though it still might be called that, but the states, and the federal government would need to supply the money for that rent is really what it is. Because if 
someone owns a building and then there's a bar in that building that can't pay the rent because they're being shut down, then the government just needs to pay the rent to the building owner. Because I'm assuming that person also has another business and has put that money towards something as well. I mean, that's what all these business taxes should be going towards, right? I mean, agreed. So with that being like, that, that's a great point. And what I want to, I guess, ask to that or add to that point or, or whatever, I guess my point would be. Um, so let's say we all know that the government, you know, the state isn't going to do shit about it. Okay. All right. Or right now, this is where we're at. So we, we know that nothing's happening. Nothing's coming. Why don't the building owners help out their tenants and realize, hey, you know, it's going to be a lot tougher to find someone to come back into this place if I have to kick this person out of here. Right. You know, why don't why don't me in good faith, you know, as the building owner, because this building owner doesn't need that rent money. I, I, can't, I can't imagine that the building owner is, is, is pressed hard. You know, for for whatever, uh, unless they live some ridiculous lifestyle that they can't afford. You you don't know their cash flow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I would assume, I would assume that if you own a building, (laughs) you can you. you, It's okay if 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 you know if you help your tenant out. Well, and I'm with with rent issues. I'm assuming you know if if you end up not being able to afford the home you're in, you still own that building. Yeah, and I'm sure you you got a building. Well, I'm sure that some are. I'm sure that some are. I'm sure that some can do it without having to worry at all. But there are some that I'm sure would struggle with that. Why even leave that option up to where some people will get the assistance and some won't when the state or the federal government could step in and supplement that from the jump? I don't think the right government. Now why. Nobody wants to be go, labeled a go socialist. Ahead, What's that? Nobody wants to be labeled a socialist. That's exactly what it is. See, and I think, and and I, that's kind of where I'm getting at. It's like, I agree, I agree, you know, with you, Chris, that, you know, why should the owners have to bend over backwards or do all this stuff, you know, if the state should be the ones kind of intervening and helping them out. But we're seeing how crooked our state is, and we're seeing this right before our own eyes. Why can't we, you know, I would assume, why, why wouldn't they want to be able to just take charge in their own hands and just be like, all right, man. I'm not going to wait around. This, this is, you know, these guys aren't going to help us out. Like we need to come together. Right. But somebody you know, needs and, to, and, somebody needs to organize for the come together on that. Like as far as the state goes, you know, the government goes, they're all right. You know what I mean? They're not being labeled as anything. They're doing as minimal as possible. So it looks like they're trying to do something. So we're all left to our own devices. But at, so, how greedy are these building owners? Then you get what I, I'm saying. I don't. I, I how don't greedy? know. I don't know that the building owners are greedy per se, because again, I don't know their cash flow. You know what I mean? I could, you know, I buy a house. I have some. I have some. Uh, some collateral. I have some equity in the house. Equity. But I don't, yeah, but equity, I don't yeah. fully. I don't fully own the house that I've moved in two years ago just yet. Exactly. We put we put some scratch together, you know what I mean? We scratched, we clawed, we put some money together, we put a down payment, and now we are making payments on this home, but you know, we don't fully own that house. So if you have access to a little more capital, then you can put money down and you know purchase a building, but maybe they don't fully or outright fully own the building, and so they still need these tenants to pay them. Well, maybe maybe they shouldn't have uh 
went in that investment in the first place and bought in that building. Because they see it, and, and I know I sound harsh when I say this, but th- this is where this this is why I'm saying it, you know, and and I'm saying it with a like a little bit of slight, because you know the banks expect me to have backup and expect me to have savings, you know, mm-hmm. people, society, whatever it is, expect me to, to to have some sort of you know savings or backup just in case shit hits the fan, and you know to be able to keep myself floated mm-hmm. whatever and, and live within my means. So how is that not how how why can't why shouldn't they be held to the same standards? Oh, but they are. That's why they're like, yo, I need you to pay this rent because <laughs> right. that's, that's cash flow. And me, I'm going the other direction. You're saying why shouldn't they be held to your standard? I'm saying neither of you should be held to the standard in this situation, just because yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too. If the state wants to say, okay, you're shut down then they need to provide assistance while they're forcing you not to work. I agree. I agree 110%. Now, if they say it's up to you, if they go, hey, you know, I know it's kind of risky out there, but you can run if you want, then I think that's different. Because then I think you got to decide what you want to do and you got to support yourself. But if they're not allowing you to work and they don't want to supplement, that's where I think it's a wrong situation. So, but you... All right, I, I, this is where I struggle with it because I, I agree. Universal should be shut down, and so should everything else if the bars are shut down. I can't imagine wanting to keep a bar and a venue open and having people pack like that, knowing that this is still going on. But here's the thing: you get what I'm saying? Like I don't. It's like I don't. I don't. I mean, right now, yeah, that's, that's crazy. right now, I could be like, hey, fellas, you want to go have uh, a couple of margaritas and get some wings? And that's perfectly fine. But if I say, let's go get some margaritas without the wings, we can't do it. And to me, that's ridiculous. Wings do not fight off the coronavirus. Nope. Burgers. Agreed. You know, and that's what the policy looks like right now. You're saying as long as you are able to get food at an establishment, that you're able to sit there and drink as much as you want. And I mean, if it's going to be policy, it's got to make sense for all of the businesses, right? I mean, Buffalo Wild Wings would need to take the same hit as the mom and pop bar in the corner, I would think. I mean, agree. Yeah. And I think if that kind of thing would happen, it would put more pressure on the government. To do something about it. I think it's just easier to pick on the bars. For instance, you were talking about Universal and Disney. They're such big corporations that bring in so much money to the state and have so much influence that it's harder for them to look at these companies and go, we think you should shut down. Whether you think they're more of a risk or not, I think that's a problem. That's true. And 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 you gotta think about it. You think about the the, 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 the demographics of people who go to the bars as opposed to the demographics of people who will go to a restaurant right and then you, now you have now you have the idea of where the political power comes from you know what i mean because if i'm let's say i don't know the mayor or the ceo of such company i don't want to be seen at a bar at two in the morning but i'll go to this restaurant and get sloshed with my family, with my business partners, whatever, 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so people who have access to those politicians are able to say, yeah, 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 yeah. We can do with the bars being closed. Now it looks like we're doing something. No, 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 no. Don't close down the liquor store. I still need to go down there. You know what I'm saying? So I that that you you just pointed out something that makes a lot of sense in terms of it just seems like one sort of establishment seems to be getting picked on as opposed to another. Yeah, and it's definitely optics. You are exactly right. It's optics. It looks a different way. And you need to show that you're doing something, right? So it's easier to pick on the bars than it is to pick on the restaurants and stuff. And, you know, either way, you have to do things right. No matter what's open, you need to make things available to socially distance. You need to follow the rules that the CDC is suggesting. And I think that a lot of places were putting in a concerned effort to do all of that. Um, so, I mean, you got to give people a chance to work. Or, like I said, I don't have a problem with you shutting everything down as long as you're willing to come out of pocket and go, this is what needs to happen. So here's some money to get by, and then we're all going to get through this thing. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally agree. But yeah, but you know, the state is not about that life. You know what I'm saying? They're not about putting money out. And again, well, not not yet. Well, I, I would say. Well, unfortunately for us, number one, we live in Florida. So I personally will tell you that I have no faith that our state has the funding to do something like that. And it's by design, you know what I mean? Little by little, we've been cutting out taxes here, cutting out taxes there to a point where if you're buying a new home, the impact fees that you have to pay are through the roof because we're realizing, and when I say we, I'm talking about the people in power, our decision makers are realizing that, man, you know, we just don't have enough money to support. You know what I mean? So instead of calling these things taxes, we'll call them impact fees. And that's how we'll divvy up the money. You know what I mean? So they've they've basically tried to stop coming up with new taxes, you know? And so we don't have that funding, first of all. And second of all, if we did, again, that label of being a socialist, even though America is technically a socialist country, you know what I mean? And yeah. specific, when it comes to specific programs that we have, you know what I mean? Talk. Let's talk about the New Deal. Let's talk about, you know, the widow's pension after mm -hmm. um, after the Civil War. I mean, like things like that, yeah. But um, now nah, the widow's pension after the civil war. Yeah, I say civil war, but it may have been the 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 Revolutionary War, which basically was, you know, the women whose husbands had died in the war got money. That happens now. Still? No, no, I don't know that it happens now, but I know that it happened back then. And what I, and my point is, the moment that we started to take money from the collective and giving to specific individual, we were a socialist country. Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, the New Deal. I mean, when you look at Social Security, when you look at mm. Medicare, when you look at all these things, they're being demonized by people that are more capitalist. But we are a democratic socialist nation already. You know, to some extent, we already are, even though we don't have a single payer healthcare system. So. But here's the thing, too. People demonize it. But similar to what Saul was saying when you need to keep people in the building, you need to keep the comp, you, excuse me, the country afloat. So when you're putting this money into programs, you're doing it to keep the country afloat. In this case, it would be the state. I mean, Florida relies so heavily on tourism, so heavily. 
that if you say sink or swim, what happens? Yeah. Then... So this is what I think we need to do. <clears throat> Here we go. We need. <laughs> Hold on to your lily white butts. <laughs> we need to organize a movement and just stand outside the Santos's house until he gives, you know, these uh, small business owners uh, some help. Not the Santos. No. Who are we talking We're about? We're talking about your local Rick representatives. No, oh, no, Rick Scott. He'll just laugh at you. Yeah, I know, but I mean, who who is it that we need to direct this this anger and energy towards, it's, so we can try to get something done? It's gonna have to be those those local, even more local than DeSantis, my friend. So who, who whatever your whatever your house district is for the state, that's who that's who you need to talk to. Because, well, I mean, like these people live in our community. Say that again. We can easily these people live in our community. Exactly. We can easily find yes. them. And form a mob outside of their you house. You can catch them at their like, favorite hey. restaurant because that'll be open. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not because I, I, I agree. Look, I, I agree with everything you know. Chris has said you know you as well, Rob. Like I get it. You know, if it, 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 it's not fair to shut the bars down and keep an Applebee's open like that, I get it. I get it. Same shit's going down inside that Apple's Applebee's bar that would be going down, you know, on Orange or whatever, whatever bar I decide to pop my head into. Um. But, you know, let, let's shut it all down. Let's redirect our energy towards, I guess, our, you know, city commissioners or whoever and get our local businesses some help instead of, <clears throat> I don't know, like, you know, instead of people just being angry that, that, that the bar shut down or whatever and going on Facebook rants all day, you know, but I, I, I don't get it. I'm so confused about it all. <laughs> yeah, you know, and... I agree. Facebook rants don't really do a whole lot, but kind of blow off steam. Like, I get you when it comes to that. You know, I'm seeing on my Facebook wall people that are like, good, the bars are shut down. They're the problem. They're the reason all this is happening anyway, which I totally disagree with. And then I see people that are more on my side where they're like, hey, if we're going to do something, let's just do it and stop bleeding the industry out because that's basically what you're doing while everyone well, else is still I, make money you just kind of bleed out this one sector that can't work but i i would say that i mean you're right on that part but at the same day it, it contributes to the spike you can't say that it hasn't that that's the thing but you, you know what i mean we can't completely deny that yeah you know a lot of these venues i mean I, you know my facebook is filled with and I'm not, I don't even want to call these people out, but oh, no. they've all been downtown a million times and they're sick with COVID <laughs> and they're telling people to go check themselves because you've been around me, you know, or I've been around here or our employees at that such and such place have, you know, contracted it. So it, it's, it's definitely, but my, you problem, know, a factor, my problem, like I will never sit here and go that no one has ever caught COVID at a bar, a restaurant, or a concert venue. That I won't say. What I will say is that everyone's being heavy-handed saying these places are the problem, but they're not talking about the restaurants or retail or the gyms or anything else that just opened. Planet Fitness just announced that 200 people 
have been compromised at a Planet Fitness. I mean, no one is saying that Planet Fitness needs to be shut back down. Here, here's here's an easier yeah, sales you're right, pitch. You're right. It's an easier sales pitch to go after a mom and pop bar than to go after a what? It's because it's a vice. There's, 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 it has bad branding. You go to the bar to get sloshed. But when you go to the restaurant, you go to eat. And that's the branding that comes along with it, you know? And so it's easier to wave the, to wag the finger at the bar. Right. You know, and which I totally agree. I mean, it's easier because of perception. Perception is everything when it comes mm-hmm. to that. But the law is supposed to be the law. Hmm. Yeah, we live in a country of laws. <laughs> well, equal opportunity finger wagging at every every place that opened, every restaurant, you know, big or small, corporate or not, I don't care. It's not like, you know, and I understand, obviously, you know, the choices that they had to make, you know, but the biggest finger wag, I guess it is. It's the state. It's our, it's, it's, it's our officials who let us down. Yes, it is. It is our officials, mm-hmm. you know. Is the yeah. fact that we have too much, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, hashtag freedom. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that we need to, you know, turn into some authoritarian state. No, it's I have this I have this utopian view that people should just do what's good for the betterment of everybody else. Wear a mask. Wear a yeah. mask. Just wear a mask because it's been proven that simply by wearing masks, we wouldn't have as many problems as we're having. But we're not wearing masks, so now places have to shut down. And and what's the point, really? Because now, because I can't go to this specific place downtown, guess what? I'm going to go to the local restaurant, and I'm already infected, and I'm going to be infecting people over there. Or, or Walmart or Publix. Or exactly. Whatever. But all right, so how do we... I mean, you guys saw the video of the guy literally trying to fight his way into Walmart. Yeah. And that was an older guy, too. I mean, I was like, he is out here wild. Straight up, up, son. (laughs) So then how, so so then if we were to shut, you know, I I mean, people need groceries, do they not? Yes, people need need groceries. uh, But here's here's something uh, else. Like if something breaks in your house, some sort of plumbing, don't you need to go to Lowe's to fix it if you want to fix it yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not against that stuff being open. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think there's certain things. Well, for one, the banks can't close because of federal mandate. Like those have to be open. You have to have access to your money to a certain extent, at least. So the banks need to be open. Grocery stores need to be open so you can get food. Um, Lowe's, Home Depot, an emergency thing happens, have that open. But Fashion Square Mall, (laughs) the Universal. Shut the city walk, you know what I mean? Like that's where yeah. I think that line starts to get. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and you've seen these places like they've adjusted their hours. You know, there was a time you couldn't go to the Home Depot after six p.m. You know what I mean? Walmart is not open twenty four hours anymore. Nine thirty, yeah. you, you they're closed. They shut down. They let you know by eight thirty. Hey, we shutting down in an hour. Exactly. You know. What I mean? So, yeah, no, no, these places, of course, yeah, keep them open, but we just need a stronger regulation, you know what I mean? Um, you know, not, not to shift the conversation at all, but somebody pointed that out to me many years ago when we were talking about police violence, and then they were like, look, if everybody was getting their ass whooped, 
then I wouldn't have we wouldn't have much room to talk. But it doesn't seem to be the, it doesn't seem to be the case. And it's the same thing. If everybody was if it was a situation where look, if you're not this, this, and that, you gotta shut down. Then that's understandable. But how is it that I'm watching a commercial for Universal reopening? You know what I'm oh, saying? Trust, and I'm I'm just as heated about uh, about that. You know what I mean? Like I I know people that 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 work up there, and and not like low level people. You know what I mean? I'm talking about you know executives up there. Friends and, in high places, son. Dude, Go ahead and flex on no, us. No, no. Listen, I, I, I worked at City Walk for, you know, man, I want to say almost like eight, nine years, ten years. Talk no, about No, 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 wait, wait. Um, I'm, what am I thinking? Like, oh, nine to 2014, maybe, something like that, 15. So anyways, point is, you know... I, I'm not I'm not special, but <laughs> but um you know the, I, I'm ashamed of them when I see some of their posts. I, I I'm like why are you, why are you you know posting you know people to come to City Walk right now? Like why I, I understand it's it's you know it's it, it's got I don't I don't even say it's your job because it's not it's not their job to to post on their social media. You know what I mean? They're like hey yeah. come check out City Walk and these restaurants are opening up and yada yada yada. Like you know I would be the one since I'm on the inside saying how we don't need to open up right now because who, who are the people that are getting infected the most? Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing. Um, you know, you would keep the bar open versus universal because at the bar it's easier to control number one, the flow of people. Right. And then number two, it's a small space so you can see everything that's going on. So it's easier for you to be like, yo, we got to put a partition here or this, that, and the third, as opposed to, yo, Universal, man, you got to have eyes in the back of your head. You know what I mean? And and who who's going to do the security, man? The, the Haitian fella? You know what I'm saying? Going to tell Moise, like, yo, if somebody's doing it, man, listen to him. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, too. I mean, even with the bars and clubs, when the bars and clubs were open, you had the fire marshal coming around and checking door counts. You have to do an in and out count so you know how many people are in there. You put up partitions, you put out the sanitizers, you do all these things. You could only serve people when they were seated. Like these are all the regulations that the CDC and the state put on the bars and everything opening. And if everything's at half capacity, then you're like, okay, a 200 person room, we're only gonna be able to get 100 in here. We check the door counts, we have to hold the line, whatever. That isn't gonna happen at Universal. Once they get in that big park, they're there. Someone isn't randomly going to walk up to 40 people and go, nah, y'all split up. Like, no, you're you're absolutely right. And, and the, videos, I, the videos and pictures I saw of, 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 of Islands of Adventure and Universal, of people just standing in line waiting for the Hogwarts train, all bunched up together. It was, I mean, my it, G. It was you insane. You can't even get people to follow the little signs on the floor at Publix. No, exactly. yeah, but this is a but to add on to this, you know, the videos and pictures and stuff I saw of downtown, there wasn't any social distancing going on there as well either. No, nah. I mean, not not from what I saw, and I was like, all right, well, you know, that you know, and that's why it is easy. That's why it was easy. You know, like you said, for them to pick on the bars, because even if they were doing, you know, they said what they were doing. From what I saw, 
I was like, oh, that's there's no there's no social distancing inside of that place at all, like at all. They but, got in. That's it. I I don't understand. You know what I mean? So I. I it, but it, they're it, also. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. They're also hitting you with a narrative. Like think about it this way: Memorial Day weekend. Number one, so you've got a president and a party that's pushing that this isn't a big deal and you shouldn't have to wear a mask. So then you have Memorial Day weekend come along and they're like, go do what you want. You know, you see all these big gatherings, big parties, blah, blah, blah. People are protesting over the fact that stuff is shut down and that they're supposed to wear a mask. They're doing all these things. None of these things, according to the government, contributed to any of these spikes. However, protests over police violence automatically are the culprit. Oh, no, you're All right. Sudden, I agree. That's I, what everyone's I, saying. They're like, oh, yeah. if these people wouldn't have been in the streets talking about police brutality, we wouldn't have all these cases. You know, yeah. if these bars weren't open, we wouldn't have all these cases. You aren't pointing the finger at any of these other things that could add to the situation. And that's my problem. If you want to spread it around evenly, then fine. Don't just demonize whatever you think works better for your narrative. Yeah, good point. That's a great point. And that I mean, listen, I'm I'm talking to Conway Lakes too. They they're not getting away with this either, because I see what's going on over there. You naming names, kid? No, I'm just saying. You know, if anyone lives out there, you know, in that Belle Isle area and the chain of Conway Lakes and all that, trust me, man. I know those parties are going on at the sandbar. Like, don't try to think that. Like, I know what's happening out there. It's and it's wild that people are, and then from there they go to Van Beers, you know what I mean, or they'll go wherever, and then it's like, and and, that, and, and you know, I I get that, you know, they shouldn't point the blame at one thing; it should be spread out across evenly. But we also can't pretend like there was social distancing going on at any bar to begin with, because I don't think, from what I saw, there was at all, and there definitely isn't at any restaurant that I've driven by and gone to or ridden my bike by. You know what I mean? So, it, 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 yeah, shame on everybody, whatever. So then what happened? Because I remember you were saying that you had gone somewhere in Thornton Park and it kind of like changed your idea of love. And, and that, 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 one, that one place, you know what I mean? And then, and, and I guess that's it. Because you got to also think at the, at the time I, I mentioned, it wasn't as busy, you know, it, it's not as busy in the middle of the day you know, going, going to, uh, going to a restaurant. Gotcha. 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 You know but, what I mean? Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Oh, also you got to look at it this way. So when the bars and everything reopened at 50%, they were told that the whole no groups larger than 10 was thrown out a window. At that point, it was groups no longer than 50. Ah, okay. See, so this is stuff I don't know. And real quick, I'll go on record. I'm a fucking idiot, all right? I'm not a business owner, like I said. So <laughs> this is all me just, you know, talking from, you know, all the information I'm seeing. But go ahead, Chris. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the way I look at it, we're just three guys. I mean, I don't know if Ross has a drink or not. But we're just three guys talking, you know, a political situation, having a drink, and just kind of putting it out there. Yeah. But, I mean, definitely the CDC, because I'll tell you right now, the CDC guidelines – People were out here checking. They were. They were ready to shut places down individually. Like, if it was just wild, wild west, that wouldn't have been a thing. 
You know what I mean? It they weren't just saying, okay, we reopened you, do whatever you want to do. You know, it just didn't go that way. And the groups larger than 50 made it a whole different situation. Now people are wondering if they're gonna go back to saying takeout only for the restaurants or if they're gonna stay doing what they're doing. As of right now, they can still do what they're doing. And this isn't me saying that the restaurants should be shut down. That's definitely not what I'm saying. For me in a perfect situation, the state would throw out the funds to people and or the federal government would throw out the funds to people and say, look, we don't wanna wreck our economy. And instead of putting $4 trillion into Wall Street and paying a bunch of investors that already have plenty of money, let's keep our economy afloat locally, ride this wave, and then everything will reopen and everything will be fine. That's what it needs to be. Exactly. That's what it needs to be. And it goes back to what you were saying, Mr. Saul. You just had your anger pointed at the wrong person. It was, it's not supposed to be the landlord. It's the guy who already got bread down in Wall Street. Oh, trust me, I'm mad at that too. Like the listen, I, I understand that you know these bailouts didn't go to the people they were supposed to go go to. Like that, we all know that. But that's what I'm saying. Since we know this, why are, are people not more in a rage about it? Why are people not more angry about you it? Find more like-minded it? individuals and get them together, and then something will happen. And my opinion as to why that's the case. And I think we really saw this also with the police brutality thing. I, I can't remember the podcast right now, but I was listening to another podcast and someone said, and she was a Caucasian woman that said this. She said she found it interesting that more people got upset about police brutality and what was going on at the protest once they saw white kids early 20s getting pepper sprayed and getting hit by cops and shoved down. That's when they saw they this do. happen to some of the minorities, it didn't really hit them. As nope. if when they saw someone that looked like them and it happened to them and they were like, oh no, what is going on down there? And that became a whole different thing. So if you're in a situation where you can work from home, you're not worried about getting sick, you're not worried about your cash flow situation, anything like that. It's easier for you to just be like, yeah, go ahead and shut down everything else. It's whatever. It hasn't impacted you yet. Yeah, in fact, it's just the fact that um, it's just the fact that you guys made a point like, yeah, it's OK to shut these places down, but help them stay afloat. Yeah, help them stay afloat. You know what I mean? And um, that wasn't something that I thought about. I was just thinking about help the regular people stay afloat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, I got I got this rent, but I can't go to work. How about you help me out? But I didn't think about, well, until this conversation really about, well, yeah, the guy who owns the building possibly needs to be, possibly needs some help as well. You know, and if you're running a business and you owe money for rent and other operating costs, you know what I mean? Like, yo, these new tables you got, you know, you still got to pay the man who put these new tables in. Yeah, well, you know, and this is my and you you know I agree with 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 all of that, and you know you guys kind of opened up my eyes about the the building owner, you know, in that whole conversation. But uh, what what I would say too, well, that building owner has a seat at another table that the bar owner doesn't. 
So now he can talk to those True. people. You know, why wouldn't he, you know, I, like that, that's the thing. Like, I guess ultimately, you know, and I want to take a quick break right after this and then um, get a refill my drink, but I want to get back to some other stuff. But, you know, my whole thing is, you know, the, the, everybody has a responsibility. And, um, you know, the, the bar owner has a responsibility because he can have conversations and he has the ears, you know, that maybe the, the bartender doesn't, you know, or, or the employee doesn't. The, mm-hmm. the, the building owner, you know, that the bar's in has a responsibility to, to listen to the bar owner and his tenant because that building owner can sit at the table to where, you know, the ears and the conversation is a whole, is, is a whole nother level. You know, then what he deals with when he sits at the bar owner's table. Right, right. And and he's right. not the only bar owner at that building owner's table. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I I wish that a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these, these bar owners or whoever, building owners would come together and 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 forward the message because it, you know, those building owners meetings at those building owners tables conversations aren't too far off from you know that that governor or the mayor of the city or whoever commissioners you know the table that they're at it's probably the same table so you know let's you know it sucks that the bars have to close down chris you're right that the blame game isn't evenly distributed and um ross you're correct like you, you know this our commissioners and, and our officials have let us down. Um, let's uh, take a quick break because I want to grab another drink. And um, when I get back, hopefully we can um, just talk about maybe a couple more things. Um, I mean, the Red Sox admitting to, to racism, I guess, what, in their clubhouse? Uh, or, or just the whole city of Boston? Yeah, it was the... From what I understand, they're talking about Fenway in general. Yeah. <laughs> no surprise to me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in general, son. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take a quick break. You guys uh, get some refills and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening I'm to Saul's right. Life and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Hey, guys. Thanks for sticking around and listening to Saul's Life. Uh, coming up here in the second part. Um, we're going to go ahead and hit on Combat Ken and Karen, the uh, couple who pointed guns at protesters uh, across the street from their house. And we also give you a little bit of a baseball history uh, lesson here. Um, Ross drops a little bit of knowledge on us and and, and we talk some sports. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sticking around. Stay tuned. Uh, stick around because you, you'll learn something new in the second part. Welcome everybody back to uh, the second half of Saul's Life. I got my main man Chris here who just joined the room. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Um, Ross will be here in just a second. Um, but uh, while we were on break, uh, mm-hmm. you went ahead and uh, before we get started on a uh, you know, how racist the Red Sox, well, how racist <laughs> Boston is, just because I'm a Yankee fan, it's my favorite thing to do. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this week, we, you know, during one of the protests, um, where where was this protest at? I forget where this was at. 
uh, I'm trying to think of where it was too. I, I wanted, I want, I think it might have been. I don't know if it was like Cali or somewhere in like Louisiana. No, am I wrong? Back here with us, Ross. The uh, the the picture. <laughs> Chris brought this up to me while we while we were on break. The which I completely can't believe I forgot about this. Uh, but the picture of the uh, the lovely uh, affluent couple standing outside guard their property. <laughs> um, oh, that's guns. in um. I think Saint that's in Louis, my G. St. Louis. St. Louis. Yes. St. Louis, my G. Oh, my man, Chris. Yeah, what? I mean, what was going on with that? Okay, so there's like different stories for what happened there. But basically, the protesters were on their way to the mayor's house to argue on behalf of Black Lives Matters in a very ritzy neighborhood that had an iron fence. And this couple claimed that the protesters broke down the iron fence, came near their property, and they were scared for their lives during dinner. So they went and got their guns and stood out front in a very comical way. <laughs> comical doesn't even begin to uh, yes. describe. I um, <clears throat> so I, I read that <clears throat> they the protesters went into down the street where the mayor was. I, I don't know if it was the mayor or I, I, so a city official. And, and I guess the reasoning was they had released the information of, of uh, all these people, like, like these citizens um, kind of made it all public. And they were the ones that were protesting against, uh, yeah, against police brutality. And they were kind of scared that now that, you know, cops and everybody had their information, they were going to target them specifically, which is a fair right. judgment, you know. So they went down to protest this uh, to to wherever this person lives, and and yeah, these people. I mean, and clearly we saw the video. There's a video of this. Um, they were nowhere. They weren't on their property at all. No. Uh, no, they on the sidewalk. Yeah, they're yeah. and I don't understand the gate deal. I saw a picture of a gate far away, but what? It, they were trying to say that the protesters broke that gate? Yes, and it wasn't even their direct gate. This was a very ritzy neighborhood. So the gate is like the main gate to the neighborhood for them to get to the mayor's house and everything. So it wasn't their personal gate. It's just these <laughs> folks were freaking out in general. I mean, there were probably like, oh my goodness, there's brown people in the neighborhood. Go grab the guns. <laughs> Like Go grab the guns, honey. Get the guns, honey. <laughs> I uh, I have a I have a huge issue with that because, um, rule number one, and any any sensible gun owner knows this: <clears throat> you don't point your gun at something you're not going to shoot. Right. Um, second, to have your finger on the trigger of the gun. You know whether it's loaded or not. You know what? I don't trust, you know, Karen and her, you know, nine milli pistol pea shooter. And I don't, I don't know if she's checked the chamber, and I don't know if there's one in there or not. You know, I, I don't see if there's a clip in there or not. I can't. I, you know, my man with the assault rifle had a clip in his. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and I saw that. <clears throat> so you know, you're. I don't understand. And, and they're lawyers. They have a law firm. They practice law. 
Um, yeah, um, they're they're under investigation now. <laughs> oh, okay. So, do you know about? See, I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard any news about this. Yeah, they're under investigation now. Um, the St. Louis prosecutor is considering pressing charges against them. By the way, their names are Mark and Patricia McCloskey. <laughs> there you go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 McCloskey Law Firm. So, you know, they feared for their lives as the protesters broke the gate and walked by, allegedly. So, um, you know, it was the, the what do you call it, the St. Louis, because, you know, every city has like a different name. But for St. Louis, it's the circuit attorney. Um, mm-hmm. Name is Kimberly Gardner. And she announced on Monday that she's working with police and some of the prosecutors, obviously, who would be considered witnesses to, you know, to know, to to figure out whether or not it was warranted for them to come out holding guns like that. And pointing them at people. You know what I mean? Innocent people. Like, well, well, that's 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 what she said. Um, the um, the what did we say her name? I forgot. what I know her name, Gardner, but the position I, I like to be. Um, circuit attorney or circuit circuit attorney. prosecutor. Yeah. She's basically the city's prosecutor. You know what I mean? But you know they have they have a specific name for that position. You know you want to respect the sanctity of each. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um. You know, hey, you never know, man. We might go global. But anyways, in her statement on Monday, she was basically she basically said, and I quote, I am alarmed at the events that occurred over the weekend where peaceful protesters were met by guns and a violent assault. We must protect the right to peacefully protest and any attempt to chill it through intimidation or threat or deadly force will not be tolerated. And so... um. That's why at this point, you know, they're going to circuit attorney. There you go. So that's why at this point, they're going to go ahead and um, and check that out. You know what I mean? She said in closing, when she closed out her statement, she said, make no mistake, the circuit attorney's office, as the circuit attorney's office, will not tolerate the use of force against those exercising their, exercising their First Amendment right. And we will use the full power of Missouri law to hold people accountable. I don't even have a beef with that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, investigate. I mean, clearly they were trying to intimidate those people, but at least find out if it was warranted. And if it wasn't, yeah, to the full extent of the law. I don't know if I, you know, I'm not one to say that people should lose their livelihood, but, you know, if if I, if I question your judgment as an attorney, if you're, if you're quick to pull out a gat while people are just peacefully protesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some yeah, of these I guys, know, I know. You're like, you're like, yeah, what was going on? <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I think some of these people have watched too many action films. And they're just ready to grab up to the teeth. Like, he's not Bruce Willis. He's not Stallone. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he clearly doesn't just know. Kill. He clearly doesn't know how to handle a weapon like that. I know there's a picture of him when he's arguing with somebody in front of the house and he's holding the, the assault rifle with one hand. I mean, you see how she's holding the gun. And, you know, I have no beef. Okay, you know, um, Second Amendment says that you have the right to, 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 to have a weapon in your home, but at least yeah. learn how to handle that. She could have hurt him. He could have hurt her. 
or they could have even worse they could have hurt one of the people just walking by with the way that they were handling their weapon as you pointed out so he, he had the assault rifle pointed at her at one point at one point right and his and again yeah, his fingers so on the trigger just seeing what they looked like could you imagine <laughs> if she accidentally shot their poodle <laughs> her first dog like that's what I'm seeing when I see these two people <laughs> he's, yeah. he's not Sylvester Stallone he's not. And, and people need to be careful because that's your brand son like yeah. you just exposed yourself right now oh it's too funny so I mean stupid. he must have thought he was like Arnold in the eraser like when he pops out of the floor <laughs> holding the machine gun not for nothing head. that movie was fresh when it first came out oh I love that scene <laughs> you know what I'm saying if, we, if we're keeping it a buck <laughs> oh yeah you know, Who was that? Jamie Lee Curtis was in that? No, no, no. See, you're thinking of the last action hero. Oh, yeah. No, which no, was good, no. too. Last See. action hero is good. I'm, look, I'm serious. It's oh, you might be talking about true lies. No, 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 no. True lies. True lies. True lies. True lies. Yes. Yeah. True lies was the one with, yes, yes. The eraser had the incomparable Vanessa Williams in it. Oh, yes. You know, her and her great acting career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's classic. Um, yeah, well, I, I hope you know. I mean, <laughs> I, I hope they get what's coming to them. Let's just leave it. You know, let's, let's put it that way. Because uh... also, um, also, <laughs> quick sidebar over the break. You know, it was it was it was just irking at me. I had to uh, look it up. The war pension that I was talking about was the. Um, was the war pension that was passed in 1780 after the Revolutionary War. And basically, it was just money that was given to um, the the orphans of uh, of anybody who fought in the Revolutionary War, so the Revolutionary Soldiers. All right. Okay. Oh, nice. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so before we, uh, we went on break, um, <clears throat> we ended uh, the last episode, and, and Ross had brought this up to me. Um, I completely forgot about it, but um, it was something about I guess the Red Sox went ahead and admitted that uh, that they do, you know, that there are people yelling the N word in the stands <laughs> at players. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. So you know, a lot's been going on over the last couple of weeks, obviously, and um, you know, America's just been having like this reckoning. You know what I mean? As far as like race goes, and so um, and so you know, a lot of I, I, we've we've talked about it, you know. A lot of organizations have just been, um, have just been just coming out and just either in support or like saying, you know, oh, you know, Black Lives Matter things of that nature. But I like what the what the Red Sox did. I don't know if it's just like that they're under a new ownership group, if they are, or if it's really just like, yo, let's let's recognize this. But um, the Fenway Fenway ownership group, I believe it's what they're called. And the only, I know this because uh, they. They're part owners for Liverpool. Shout out to Liverpool. You'll never walk alone. Uh, Premier League wow, champs, wow. baby. Okay. Anyways, talk about it. Sorry. Talk about it. Mo Salah, the Egyptian king. That's all I got to say. All right. <laughs> um, but but you ahead. digress. How, how are they handling this? What happened? What did they say? So, so they released a tweet. Um, and that was actually a couple of days. That was that was early June, June tenth. They released a tweet, and literally it was like, "This is real," and it said, "Tory Hunter's experience is real." If you doubt him because you've never heard it yourself, take it from us. It happens. Last year, and I'm guessing they're talking about 2019. Yeah, there were 
seven reported incidents at Fenway Park where fans use racial slurs. Those are just the ones we know about. And I respect them for including that line. And then it says, it's not only players. It happens to the dedicated black employees who work for us on game days. Their uniforms may be different, but their voices and experiences are just as important. We are grateful to everyone who has spoken up and remain committed to using our platform to amplify the many voices who are calling out injustice. There are well-established consequences for fans who use racial slurs and hate speech in our venue, and we know we have more work to do. This small group of fans does not represent who we are, but are rather a reflection of larger systemic issues that as an organization we need to address. And then their last sentence in closing is, true change starts from within. As we identify how we can do better, please know we are listening. We hear you and we believe you. Man. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm not one to buy the bootleg because I just find it funny that all these things are happening now. You know what I'm That's saying? That's what but, I'm saying. But I appreciate this because if you remember two years ago, because that's when that's when Tory Hunter came out, right? Like that was like two years ago. Yeah, I remember. Look, I I believe Tory Hunter. The first, of time course, I believe Tory Hunter. Like you know, David Price said that they 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 would yell that at him in the bullpen. You know, David Price, like star pitcher, David Price. You know. Um, yeah. It's 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 even widely noted and reported and documented. Uh, Bill Russell <laughs> was it? Um, there was no. It wasn't Tory Hunter in twenty seventeen. It was what's that other guy? It was Adam Jones. Was it Adam Jones? Because it could have. There was Tory Hunter as well. Regardless, it was, oh, yeah, it was, it was Adam Jones. You're right. You're right from the Orioles. I remember now. Um, it was Adam Jones. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who came out and said that. And um. And I mean, it's 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 it to me. It means a lot coming from the Red Sox, only because um, yo, Jackie Robinson retired in 1956, right? And they still didn't have a black player on their team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like they still didn't have a black player on their team. The Detroit Tigers got a black player on their team before the Red Sox did, and the Detroit Tigers used to have Ty Cobb. You know, say so. so you know, nobody expected well, them to. Be and I and I don't want to. I'm not trying to absolve the Yankees. The Yankees were the last team, I believe. Well, I read a story yeah. earlier that Boston was the first team to interview an African American player, but the last team to actually bring one on. And oh wow! And they passed up on Willie Mays. Yeah, <laughs> nineteen year old was he? Nineteen or seventeen? I forgot how old he was, but they passed up on him. You know what I'm on saying? On a young Willie Mays. Mm. Well, that makes yeah, but no, um, I heard it was the Yankees. Yankee, was the <laughs> Yankees was 1955. They got the first black player in 1955. Um, they brought up Elston, Elston Howard from the Kansas City Monarchs mm. in 55. Um, the Phillies in 57 got John Kennedy, and then um, Ozzy Virgil Senior. In 1958, was uh was by the Detroit Tigers, Dominican, my G, Dominican player. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm telling first, you, man, we run that first sport. Dominican to play in the major leagues. <laughs> oh man, 
first Dominicans to play in the major leagues. And then after them, a year and change, or almost a year later, I think it was May 1959, um, <laughs> the the Red Sox went the, they went ahead and got um yo know, what was his name? He had like a he had an interesting name, poor fella. I forgot his name. Um, let me look it up for you. Pumpsy, Pumpsy Green. <laughs> Pumpsy Green. What? His his real name was Elijah, but his nickname was Pumpsy. Hmm. You know, black people still have a nickname. Yeah, that's true. You know, what I'm saying? yeah, like Mookie Blaylock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mookie Blaylock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we know his name yeah. ain't Mookie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That poor fan. You got some guy whose parents went to the trouble of calling him Elijah Jerry. And then he probably had an incident with a pumpkin when he was a kid or something. And then he's for the rest of his life. And I bet if you go to his old neighborhood and you go, hey, has anyone seen Elijah? They go, who? Who? <laughs> no, nobody. No, no, nobody know Elijah. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, who, was, who was the yep. first Dominican player again, Ross? Ozzy, Ozzy Virgil. Wow. Virgil. Virgil. Hmm. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to look him up. Yeah, you have That's to. So, crazy. so, so the only reason why I wanted to uh, bring up the the Red Sox is just because, I mean, you always hear about how like Boston in general is just like such a racist town, and you know I have a lot of friends, people who I who I, who I congregate with, who who are fans of these towns. Those people don't express those kind of behaviors, but it's just um it's just interesting, you know what I mean? Like these things actually. Like that, that they that the Red Sox, you know, because I, I just remember how much they were like, oh, you know, he's just going with Adam Jones. They were just talking about how like he's he's making it up, or that, or or not so much that he was making it up, but that it doesn't represent us. You know what I'm saying? That's just a few. I that was just an isolated event, and then that's when Tori Hunter was like, man, I've been called, I've been called, I've been going there for however many times. I, I what did he say? He said like over a hundred times. Yeah, he said. He, he had a clause in his contract. He had a clause in his contract that he couldn't be traded to Boston. Hmm. So, so it was just to me that was like, wow, that was major. And also, um, we had that conversation earlier when we were talking about uh, the Golden Girl. <laughs> oh, the Golden Girls. Yeah. Yo, um, just so you know, the episode ends and she doesn't remove the flag. Yeah. See, so, so after they had that talk at the counter. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think it was more like the producers making that move because the way it ends is yes, they have that talk at the counter, and then you know he storms out, and then they have that talk, and then after the talk they have at the end, they shake hands and then boom, credits pop up. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, sure, I feel you, but um the show itself didn't show her removing the the flag. I needed that show to end. As the camera fades out, while Blanche is holding a burning Confederate flag, <laughs> I said, you, "You ain't gonna get that." That was I. I couldn't believe it. See, so I, you know, I get that they had a honest conversation, you right. know, on on the gold on that on that specific Golden Girls episode, and 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 I also respect Don Cheadle's haircut. <laughs> Nah, son, <laughs> that fade did not age well. That fade up did not age well, bro. But they, I'm sorry, they had a, they should have took the flag 
down from the counter. Uh, it was 1992. They wasn't about to give black people that look. Was it 92? I thought it was like 89. Nah, nah, it was 92, fam. Oof, even worse. It's definitely not an 89. Ugh, even worse. Definitely not an 89. But yeah, so so we're seeing a bit of a reckoning of sorts, right? With with sports. I think it's kind of late to see it in sports like baseball yeah. or even football. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you're seeing coaches like uh, Dabo Sweeney getting called out by players, you know what I'm saying? Because he never let go of a coach who was calling, who was using racial slurs against against other players. You know what I mean? You have uh, my boy, Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State University. Yeah. You know, you know what? You know why he's my boy though, right? What? Because I'm 40. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I even, yeah, yo, you remember how much I was excited about that shit? Yeah, but then he comes out with that OAN shirt. I named my, my fantasy football team after him. I might have won that year. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. I might have won that year. I might have been one of the two years I won. I don't know. How many years have I been playing now? Like 15? Oof. Yeah, we've been playing a long time. Yeah, yeah. So so I might have won that year, but um, no, like, for, but for him to like show up at practice, you know what I mean? Like walking around doing an interview with uh with an OAN shirt, which is the uh, One America News Network. Come on, man, you know better than that. And then, and then, so him, the main reason why I want to mention him is because not only was I disappointed that he that he came out in that shirt, you know what I mean, but his apology was like the worst ever. Like you could tell he was reading. He read it off and a so, prompter. Yeah. Yeah, man. So so it wasn't even so it wasn't even like from the heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm still I'm still raw about what Drew Brees said, but at least he realized he fucked up. Yeah, you know what? And I heard the episode where you guys talked about Drew Brees and how he was out of pocket. And I do think that he genuinely didn't know what was up. And once he heard it, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not cool. Like, to me, it sounded genuine, even though it should have never gotten it. Right, right. And 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 that's the thing, especially when you talk about, like, whether you're talking about the coaching staff or the quarterback. Because the quarterback, you know, we all know how the sport goes. Quarterback is seen as the leader of the team. Right. So he should have his finger on the pulse of the team. So you've been playing with all these black players for how long? Right. Mm-hmm. Since high school, really, if we keep it real. Since high school before, and, before and high you, school, before high school, you know what I'm saying. You never thought it's true. And you've never, you know, well, you know, he, he's from a prominent family, so I don't know how many how many black kids he had on his pop Warner team. Trust me, man. But, um, trust me, they 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 they're on the team. Out there recruiting in Texas, they don't they don't live maybe in the same neighborhoods, but they're on the same they're on the same. Oh, team. Yeah. Out there recruiting in Texas. You're right. You're right. Probably lives with a white family, but that's a that's a whole another mm-hmm. conversation. But um, and, but um, yeah. And I'll throw it out there. I'm a Raiders fan. That's how I met Fox. <laughs> nice. <laughs> shout out, Fox shout out and to the I, Raiders. Shout out to Fox. Shout out to Doug Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. So Fox and I were standing on a patio, complaining about our teams, not knowing it was the same team. <laughs> <laughs> and we were trying to outdo each other back and forth, and finally he goes, to show how what? <laughs> and finally he goes. Who's your team? I was like the Raiders, the Raiders, and we hugged it out right then. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's I've never heard Fox tell me that. That's fucking hilarious. That is hilarious. 
<laughs> that is hilarious. But but yeah, like you have a quarterback, and then you have coaches. And the reason why it's like it's really sucks with the coaches is because um, yo, a lot of times you know you'll hear players talk about how the relationship that they have with the coaches. You know, uh, I remember one time when we were in high school and and our state team, our high school team won state. You know, one of the players was like, you know, the coaches, they was like our daddies. You know, they were. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, so that's like the kind of relationship that you have with them. Yeah. Really, it just made me, and I'm sorry to go there, but it really made me feel like, yo, this is like a plantation mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, because let's talk about it. Um, George, George Thomas Jefferson had black kids. Oh, yeah. But he also had slaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all my kids, but your mom is still my slave and all these other people on this plantation who look like you are still my slaves. And so it's just like how, you know, the usage of, of, of black athletes and then we can extend it to athletes in general because we also see that, you know, they're having these quote unquote voluntary workouts, the NCAA football teams, right? But really, they're, they're not volunteers. If your ass wants to play, you're going to show up. Right. And... They're making these players sign these waivers. CYA waivers, boy. That they're not getting paid for. CYA waivers, boy. Coming you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and so, and so I just I just wanted to put that out there. Like, even UCF had um had had uh had had had, had players come in and, and sign waivers. I think, well, how many players tested positive now? Like three players so far on the on the football team have tested positive. Oh, that- I, I couldn't tell you. I, I just know that the numbers keep going up in terms of uh, athletes um, and, and, and sports or whatever, in whatever sport. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't see how they're going to do this NBA situation. They just had to pull yeah. the Orlando Pride out of the uh, out of the women's soccer tournament because six players tested positive, I believe. And the rest of the tournament is still going on, but they had to pull out. I mean – even running the NBA and Disney, how are you going to keep all these people clean? Well, that bubble, <laughs> that bubble. Yeah, right. So this is what I heard, according to that. You know, in regards to that bubble, first, uh, DeAndre Jordan uh, tested positive, and I think Spencer Dinwiddie on the Nets. So they decided to not come down to that bubble. Uh, so there's a ton of NBA players that that are testing positive for this. Number two. I think it was Stephen A. Smith that mentioned, you know, or, or, or you know, kind of uh, said something about this, saying that he sees, he could see some of these NBA guys, um, like, violating the bubble, just trying to get, uh, trying to get laid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> so, they are not going to sit in your hotel rooms, and that be it. No. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? <laughs> I can't even imagine. You're a multimillionaire. You're used to a lavish lifestyle, which don't get me wrong. Maybe some of these places, you know, will, will be will be not, you know, comfortable enough or whatever. Um, but depending on your seating also depends on which resort you stay. Where you stay at. Yo, what kind what kind of <laughs> segregationist bullshit is that? Bro, so, <laughs> like, you know, to, to Chris's point, I don't I don't see how they how they how yeah i can't i just can't see how they keep how they how they would go through with this season and i i just i still just don't understand all the hoopla you know why they're doing this 
this song and dance when we know, like, hey, we, we all know what's best. This isn't even a question about the protest. This is just about plain health. Yeah, and, and, and again, like, we've, we've, touched, we've touched on it the last conversation we had, but how important is it to have sports? You know, and and again, we we already know it's they're fulfilling their they're fulfilling their um their financial. You know, it's all TV about the deal. finance. It's all about the TV like, deals. Yeah, you know what I mean. We got this TV deal. We need to fulfill it so we could get this cash. Right. You know what I mean. But man, like to what expense? You know, um, you have a situation. You have a situation where like players were even meeting. Like, should we really do this right now? You know, with the movement going on, let's not even that, that's just beside our health. That's just beside our health, beside the fact that, you know, you have people who who was it? Was it Avery Bradley? Yeah. Like, yo, my kid's got a it's got a respiratory issue, son. I can't come through. Yeah. I'm going to have to on that. And hence they signed J.R. Smith. Wow. Yo, <laughs> keep, keep the Hennessy away from him. Keep him away from all the Hennessy and Disney. Yo. Keep him away. He's gonna mess that up again. I uh, how does I, I mean, Chris? Do you know anything in in regards to like uh, um, like AEW, WWE, and and like what they're doing with their uh, with their talent and all that? Because uh, then, yeah, yeah so, I mean, I, I, that's not might be a whole different situation. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know how they, I, I don't know how, what are they doing? Just in so, general, WWE at first was just doing the closed set tapings at the Performance Center and trying to keep the number of people down, but they weren't doing mandatory testing or anything. AEW started doing the testing and everything first and also doing the closed set tapings. Uh, some people in WWE have come up positive now. So, 30. Yeah, 30? so they had that. Oh, no, not 30. I was saying some oh, people oh. have. Or did you say no? 30? No, no, no. Thirty. I'm telling you right now. Oh, thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah, yeah. As of <laughs> as of yesterday, as of yesterday, because you know I was listening, I was listening to the episode. You know, what I'm saying and y'all were talking about wrestling, mm-hmm. so then I was like, oh, let me see what's going on in wrestling. So I typed WWE, and it was like has upwards of the WWE reportedly has upwards of thirty positive COVID nineteen cases, and that was on Forbes. Oh. Yeah, and the debate that people are having about that is they're saying that WWE didn't technically tell anyone they have to work. However, the the unspoken law is, you know, you don't have to work, but if you don't work, you're not on TV, and if you're not on TV, you kind of get lost in the mix. You know, if you're not on TV, people start forgetting about you, blah, blah, blah. You You literally have to keep up appearances. Right. You know, so that's tough. I mean, AEW, they're saying, has been a lot better about going, hey, we need to test everyone. If you come up positive, we tell everyone else that you came up positive. So anyone that's been around you knows what's up. Um, So they've been more transparent about all that than WWE has been. Hmm. This is, I mean, this is wild. I I didn't know they were... They were I mean, kind of doing anything live. I thought they were still doing the tapings. Oh yeah, um, I mean they're live, but there's no crowd there. I, it just, oh man, all right. I mean? uh, like it's it's a closed set, and 
the now both shows have audiences, but the audience is just wrestlers. That are yeah, trained. they're extra talent and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I noticed that. I noticed AW doing that. Um, WWE followed right afterwards. Um, but uh, you the, know. Women, the women's soccer league that the Pride is in, when they aired the first games of the tournament, they had a fake crowd noise just so it didn't seem weird. Hmm. Well, they, you know what? They've been doing that with the uh, Premier League as well. Uh, oh, you can, okay. Yeah, you can go online and you can watch the matches without the sound so you can hear the players yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could watch it on TV and, yeah, they pump in that fake crowd noise. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, I think it's a little weird. But, uh, I mean, it is. With the fake crowd noise? Yeah, the fake crowd noise, I think, is kind of wild because, you know, it, it, whoever they must have somebody, like, manually, you know, doing it whenever something happens. And some sort right. of, uh, some I don't know how they programmed it to do the inflection, you know, of the crowd. If like some, if, you know, if if it's a bad call by the refs, or if they score a goal, or whatever it is, right. you know, it's like it's it's pretty insane that they gotta, you know, how, how they have it synced up. Yeah, because if uh, someone's making a run, you gotta have that build of the crowd realizing someone's making a run towards the goal. Yeah. So exactly, exactly. No, oh, I, I, you guys know who, um. You guys know who Kayla Braxton is? Kayla Braxton, the ring announcer. She's caught it twice. Yeah. She tested positive twice, though. Oh, that's right. Which I, I didn't know was positive. That. I mean, I didn't yeah. know that was uh, possible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, you know, I mean, that just goes to show we're still learning a lot, I guess, about this, uh, this virus. You know, I mean, you can... I mean, what you can catch the flu, you know, twice like every year or whatever, right? I mean, right. Is, is that how it works or whatever? It's not. It's not like you'll have the flu once and you'll never have it again. Yeah, yeah, you like got that. different. You have different strains, right. different strains. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. That's that's pretty wild. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how. <laughs> I guess what they end up doing, you know, I. It, it, it's tough in the wrestling industry. Because of their contracts and how the business is set up. Um, I mean, I will say Roman Reigns being big time compromised because of his leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. At no point, yeah. Like at no point did they tell him, hey, you got to be here. I think they offered it up and he was like, I don't feel comfortable. But he's a, he's a, he's a big name. He's a pretty big name. Yeah. So no matter when he shows up, He'll be back he's, on he's TV. Still gonna eat. Yeah. Right. But if you're a guy that a lot of people don't know, you might be nervous. This is my break. And if I give it up, you know, and I I think some people have those concerns. And those are those are um, you know, those are uh, valid valid concerns to have. Those are valid concerns to have, but damn man. And I think that could even go for uh, football or basketball. I mean, like, say LeBron is like, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable playing. Oh, they shut it down. It's a huge name. Well, no, but what if, well, not just shutting it down. What if they go, okay, then we're going to put in the second stringers that wouldn't be getting all this play time. Oh, I, if LeBron, if LeBron contracted COVID. Oh, no, not if he contracted. I'm saying beforehand. Like or, or, said, even, or, if, or even if, yeah, or even if he said, if, if, 
<clears throat> all right, yeah, you're right. If if, if he decided I'm not gonna play, mm-hmm. there would be no NBA. They 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 would stop the whole thing. Oh, the, the whole tournament. I, I don't even think they would even like let let any uh, any bench guys come up. I, I, they wouldn't sign anybody else. Um, because LeBron is the name. Nah, you don't think you don't think Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> oh, damn, he laughed. Bro, I'm telling you right now. I and I think Kyle Kuzma. I, I think Kyle Yo. Kuzma is a great player. I really do. Um, you know, but if if it came down to like a LeBron, he, 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 like like who would be the who would be the LeBron in you know in wrestling that would make him want to shut it down if he decided not to like. Uh, Go through with this. I mean, I don't think that there is. That's one. the thing. I don't think there is one. You know, with like AJ Styles or uh, Braun, would have to be a collective group of them to be like, "Hey, we're not comfortable doing this." Sorry. I mean, the biggest woman right now in WWE, arguably, I would say, is Charlotte Flair. And I think if Charlotte Flair left TV tomorrow, they would keep the show rolling. Yeah. That that's one of those um well, that yeah it's one of those yeah, industries the way that they have it and they've always had it like that that um even if the top dog is out they got somebody else ready to take that slot oh yeah they're sitting there waiting willing and able and they're like now that I see my opportunity as Vince would say I'm gonna grab the brass ring hmm. and I could just see people in other sports going. Hey, like I've never been good enough to start over this guy, or I never had the star power to start over this guy. But if you're gonna let me, you know, if you're gonna let me quarterback because the starter doesn't feel comfortable playing, put me in coach. I can just see people doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why they can never agree on CBAs. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I I go go ahead. No, I I just you know, it, it's just uh I guess it might just come down to to an individual sport because I'm telling you, I when it when it comes to the NBA, if LeBron said he's not playing, I don't think they would move forward with the season at all. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it, but football wouldn't have that problem. No, well, football. You know, I mean, who would be the guy in football? Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. And that and and it, but it, but even if that happens, there are so many other people that it would be like ah oh, whatever. It's it's wild. I you know we to go back to to previous podcasts. You know, and people know how I feel about this. Like I don't, we, we don't need sports. It's not essential. Nobody has died because, uh, you know, a game wasn't played. Nope. <laughs> no, I mean no. Nope. Yeah, it's good entertainment, but it's not a need for sure. And and I feel yeah. like uh if if they if they're already having to jump through all these hoops, you know, for every for whatever sport, you know, just just to just to get a season underway, then that that's the answer right there alone. It should just kind of tell you, like, all right, man, let's just whatever. We'll chalk it up, start next season, figure it out. But yeah, I was that's funny you say that because I was listening to Chris Broussard last week. You know, he's got that show with um, what's that brother I don't like, but I kind of like uh, Rob Parker. Oh, I kind of 
kind of like Rob Parker. I tell you, I don't. You like see, him. you don't. You kind of like him. It's the same thing. I don't like. Him. I kind of like him. <laughs> Rob, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rob Parker. Uncle Rob. Right. It's, it's the other guy. He's I don't Uncle like. Rob. He's Uncle Rob. It's uh um, Whitlock. But um, Jason Whitlock. I don't like. Let's <laughs> uh, not talk about that guy. Uh, yeah. So, and Broussard said something that was that that was, that resonated with me. He said, you know, if it was. If it was that serious to where you shut down the country, you know what I mean, back in March for like a good month and a half to two months, what's the hurry now then to get this going as far as sports go? You know what I mean? Because as soon as Rudy Gobert tested positive, what did what did our man Adam Silver do? He was like, boom, it's a wrap. We're done so. Shut down the season. But now, again, the bread, we know what the rush is. It's the bread. It's true. That's really what it is. I mean, it's all about that TV deal money. And in baseball, weren't they having a debate where the players wanted full pay, even though we we're only going to play a short season? Yeah. And they couldn't yeah. make an agreement. I love it. I love it. The, the players' union in, in, in the MLB and baseball is just, it's on another level, though. You know, the NBA and the NFL. Should really look at the MLB Players Union, and Yo, as you, an should example. Up, you should look up Kurt Floyd. What? What? You should look up Kurt Floyd because he's 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 the guy who fell on the sword for uh for the player union for the players oh, union. Right, that's right. Be as powerful as it is right now. That's a good name drop, by the way. Yeah, you know I have my moments. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, you win some, you lose some, baby. Oh man. Fellas, let's see. What what I mean, where do we go over? Racist ass Boston. Everyone knew that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not to make it hot, but once you told me we were talking about this and I started venturing, I saw your guys get a little bit of heat too. Uh oh. What do you mean? The Yankees. For Ken Griffey. Ooh. Oh yeah! I I read that. I read that. Uh, so so it was a small. You know, he he just made a statement saying he his dad told him like never play for the Yankees. Um, nah, it wasn't. I mean, you you know the whole story. Yeah, because uh, well, when he was a kid, when his dad played for the Yankees, yeah. and he was a kid, the uh the Yankees manager um, oh my God, how am I forgetting this guy's freaking name he's classic he got fired in the middle of the season like crazy they won they still won the the world series um it's a manager for reggie jackson oh man what's his name anyways oh god all right i'm gonna have to look this up real quick because uh yeah you do come on man don't be a bum oh my god i just can't believe i forgot his name but anyway he yelled at uh yelled at ken griffey as a kid uh while they were playing like uh He's trying you know, to field balls. Yeah, fielding balls and stuff as a kid when his dad was playing on the team. Um, Martin. Billy Martin? There it is. Billy Martin. I didn't even look it up. It just came to me. Thank God. Jesus Christ. Mm, shout out to you, B. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, Billy Martin. That's who it is. So he uh, he ended up uh, yelling at him when he was a kid, but it was, it was more than that because Ken Griffey Sr., you know, saw how he treated the players and, and everyone else as well. So he told them, he's like, Hey, don't, you know, just never don't, don't play for the Yankees because of that. And I get it. I mean, 
Billy Billy Martin was no saint. The guy was an asshole. Well, I mean, because because the story goes, you know, like yeah, he's playing around with his kid. You know, he's a player. He's a star. He's playing around with his kid before the game, and then dude comes down. It's like yo, no playing on a, you know, what I'm saying no playing on a, on the dugout in the dugout before the game. And it's like oh, all right, my bad. So tells his son to come back in. You know, all right, we're gonna stop that. Looks over, somebody else is playing with their kid on the at third base. Yeah. Yeah. How's supposed to make me feel? So yeah, Ken Griffey never will never play for him. And and again, though, man, like, yo, like I, I'm a, I'm 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 a New York Giants fan. You know what I mean? And I know for a fact, like, yo, if we keep it real, and 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 I guess it's part of the of the relationship that we have with sports. You know, it's like, yeah. It's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that that abusive spouse, right? It's like, yeah, but you know, history. I remember when I was eight and this happened and all yeah. of that. But at the end of the day, like these organizations really don't give a fuck about us. Well, or people like us. And when what's really wild about it is a lot of these teams, not so much baseball, um, but a lot of the basketball and football teams are majority minority. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of wild, too, where they're like, you know, I can't remember who was making the argument. They were like, there's so many black players in the NBA, but how many black owners, how many black, you know, even team managers, like head coaches, you know, they're like, there just aren't many. The NFL is the worst. Yeah. And people are just kind of used to, you know, they're like, hey, they get to make big money contract and they might not truly respect you, but they pay you to play. So you go play. I think it's just kind of a thing, you know? So, um, so Ken Griffey, a senior played for the Yankees from 82 to 86. Uh, Billy Martin had managerial stints with the Yankees in 83 and 85. So uh, this is Ken Griffey Jr.'s quote. And he said, I just don't like New York. I don't like the Yankees. My dad played here, and he told me stories about the players, the front office, you know, all the stories you hear. I hold a grudge. When dad played here, a bunch of kids, including me and my brother, got yelled at by Billy Martin. We were in the tunnel playing pickle, and we got yelled at, end quote. But we know why, and we obviously know that there were other players and their kids playing down there at third base and doing all this other stuff, and Mm. you know what I mean? It is what it is, but with everything that you guys just said, um, you know, and not to kind of keep this running any longer because this went a lot longer than I was. There's still a lot more stuff I, I want to talk about with you guys. Um, but, you know, and, and, and I guess to tie it in kind of to one other kind of quick thing that's kind of happening right now, you know, do, like the cancel culture. <laughs> is, this, is this what we do then? Like, you know, like you said, you know, we, we, we like our teams because – when I was eight or yada, 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 or some weird story. But then we look at the history of these, of, of, of these owners, of these teams, of, of, of these people. And, uh, you know, we, it, it's okay to still support it. Should we not support it? You know, what, what do we do? Is it okay to cancel out something completely? Cause that's a big question going out around now. Right. But you know, when you're talking about like cancel not being right, I think it's not right when you're talking about an individual 
who hasn't done something that is egregious. When we're talking about a situation where systemically, I mean, we've watched Ray Rice knock the shit out of his fiance at the time, drag her ass out of the elevator, and he was still able to play until the video popped up. Then all of a sudden he was he was um he was uh suspended. Right. Not only that, but later on, we watched the league collectively basically just cancel a guy because he took a knee during the national anthem. And so for four, what, three or four seasons, yeah, they this, guy has, this guy has not earned an NFL paycheck. That was his, that was his, that was the way he earned money. You know what I mean? And and we watched that, and that was something that we have skin in the game. You know what I mean? So I I personally think we should, but they got us. You know what I mean? They got us. Because even if, like for me, for example, I went the longest without watching, but halfway through the season, I mean, I had my fantasy squad, so eventually I ended up watching. You know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, but my son actually likes the sport, something that I can share with him. So boom. I got sucked back in. So, but really, in a situation like that, I have no qualms with anybody who has decided not to mess with the NFL anymore because they ain't worried about your health. You know what I'm saying? With with everything that went on with concussions, and obviously they don't care about your well-being overall because they allowed they allowed the the, the narrative to get hijacked over over the national anthem when we all know that it wasn't about that. They knew that it wasn't about that. And so, yeah, I think that's okay. Unfortunately, it's what's unfortunate rather is that we don't have anything at that of that scale that we could say could replace that void in our lives if we were to be like, you know what, I'm not messing with this sport or I'm not messing with this franchise. You know what I mean? That's that's how I see it. And what sucks about that is even if you replace it with say soccer, I've seen World Cup games and Premier League games where people in the crowd are just wild and out racist. <laughs> oh, throw bananas. They threw bananas yeah, up throw there. Banana. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, I can't think yeah. of it right now. Thierry Henry. I don't know. It's Thierry Henry. They threw bananas at Balotelli, Mario Balotelli. They threw bananas mm-hmm. at Boateng from uh, uh, FC Bayern, I believe. Bayern Munich. Yeah, Bayern Munich. Yep. So, I mean, and do I think that the NFL would have changed their tune or Goodell would have come out if not for what's going on right now? No. I guess you would have to determine if you think it's a genuine thing that you can move forward from or not. Money. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, what it comes down to is if it's going to hurt their money, then they really care about it. You know, I mean, when it comes to cancel culture, if you did something in the past, you're not doing it now and you show some remorse that I can let slide. If it's something current and someone defends what they're doing, I'm like, you got to get them out of there. Yeah. At least that's just where I come from normally with that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I fear Man, gentlemen, I think uh, this might be the uh, the end of the road here. Um, 
Word, yo, we got we got to do another one. I'm I'm loving the conversation. Yeah, Mister, I uh, I mean I I, I know. I believe. Uh, what, Chris? Are you off? When are you working the rest of this week? Uh, this week I will be. Yeah. Um, I don't believe I'll be available again at this time, probably until like next week. Yeah. All right, we got to figure something out. I'll touch base with you either way, because yes, I like this, you guys. We'll make it happen. Yeah, yeah, for Have sure, fun. man. Um, before uh, before we go, I <laughs> this is one thing I wanted to say <laughs> just to get it out there in case it comes true. I think Trump has COVID, by the way, and I think that's what we have. Yeah, to hey, hey, hey. <laughs> put it out there. I'm just saying, it's funny. It's funny that we've only seen Mike Pence at all these briefings all of a sudden just recently. You know, and then his light work, yeah, just taking care of whatever you know Trump had to take care of, and we haven't seen or heard from him at all. I mean, he's tweeting a lot, you know, which is probably with the fingers, man, with yeah. a fingers from the bed. But uh, but I'm telling you, I think my man caught COVID. All those, all the everyone in half his administration's got it for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, he he on the hydrochloroquine, so he's good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got he got the bleach on tap. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I bet he's just spraying people with bleach whenever they come around him now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little spray bottle. Give you a little spray uh, you walk up. I'm just saying, it's weird. We haven't seen this man. He looked like shit coming off that plane last week. Oh. Whatever it was, the talk of him coming down the ramp and how he said he jogged at the bottom. <laughs> and if he would have never said anything, we would have never even paid attention to it. The moment nah, he started tweeting, he like, can't help himself. himself. <laughs> he can't. Oh man! I mean, that's like if you if you had ketchup on your shirt, and Saul walks in and goes, "I definitely don't have anything on my shirt." The first thing I'm doing is looking at Saul's shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like what he got on that shirt? Exactly. Like that is what he did. Just somebody just needs to be beside him at all times, going, "Play cool, man. Play cool. Don't make it hot. Play cool." And that would help him so much. <laughs> oh man, um, jeez, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Uh, Ross, any shout outs? Yeah, you already know, man. My beautiful wife, Maria, my kids. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me run that back, though. Because I do believe on the 28th of June was the anniversary of our brother Marvin and our brother Rick, Ricky. So, Oh, that's right. Yo. Happy belated anniversary to the both of them. Yeah, to Marvin, to Marge, and... Uh... And Rick. Rick, Ricardo Emelina. Yeah, Sanchez. Yep, yep. Um, Chris, any shout outs? Uh, I mean, I just want to shout out to everybody that's out there making it through all this right now. It's weird times, but we'll all get through it. We'll get through it together. And, you know, and it's been good uh, hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. Likewise, gentlemen. Likewise. Um, everybody, catch, uh, catch me on Twitter at Solly D's. On Instagram at Saul underscore Wall, and uh, check out Saul's life on Facebook. Um, I'm working on the website. I'm, I guess I'm going to bring it back again and try to make it a little better. So that should be coming soon. 
And uh, yeah, man, I guess that's it. So next time, gentlemen, it was great. Uh, great catching up. Yeah, it was a great conversation, man. You guys take it easy. All right, fellas. Catch you later. Peace. Peace.